Okay, hi guys, my name is Sherry Karaja and I'm from CMBL and today I'm joined by Miss Judy Tony, and so she's going to tell us a little bit about herself and then we'll get into the topic for today. All right. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Judy Tony. Um, thanks, uh, CMBL, Sherry, and uh, Shiro for what you're doing. It's amazing. It's a great thing. Um, I happen to be a mom. I am a nurse by profession. I am a teacher too. Before I came here, I was a teacher. Um, I'm a good Christian. I try to be. Um, and also I would say, I try to get involved in the community. So I would say I'm a community leader. I am a wife. I am blessed to have three boys. I am a daughter. And of course, I'm going through the challenges of bringing boys in America. So I think this is a great chance for us to learn more, to know more. And thanks for the opportunity. I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for them. So today our topic will be parenting and mental health. Um, and so I'm going to start asking you kind of like what made you open-minded or what was that initial spark for you that was like, I need to understand the idea of mental health because knowing our upbringing, that isn't really something that is integrated as part of our childhood. And so what made you kind of be like, okay, I, I want to know more about it. I want to, I guess in a way, change the narrative for my children. Thank you, Sherry, for that question. Um, it's such a good one. And I would say that what made me, or the initial spark of me getting involved or desiring and to know more about mental health was really clicked on when I came to America. Because just like you said, back in Kenya, it was not so conspicuous about mental health. There were all these taboos and culture and, you know, giving some funny names about all this stuff. But my coming to America and seeing the way life is different and seeing the way things are called real, diseases are called real, and then having to identify those diseases with people it clicked my mind and I was like, oh, we used to see these things back in Kenya. So this is what it was. So it, it made me want to know more, learn more and get involved. And having now being a mother to bring up three boys in America. And when we come here, you know very well, we don't come here as, as to be Kenyan. They don't recognize as Kenyan. We become African-Americans. And in the whole world, it's out there how you know, African-Americans are treated in society. Yes, when I came into America, got integrated in the system, saw the things the way they are, that hit the spark in me. Nice. Um, it's interesting you mentioned about them being recognized as African-American, right? I think a lot of times when we come here, we tend to separate ourselves and exclude ourselves while the system looks at us the same. Because when they grow up, I mean, yes, they have that Kenyan name, but when they're stopped by the cop, the cop will first see the color of their skin. And yeah. so I really do applaud you for actually being engaged with the community and knowing about the racial identity and identity crisis that um, I feel like is very prevalent in the United States. So, so we know that there's, there's much stigma surrounding our community, especially for boys, right? 
Um, yeah. And for a mother who is raising three boys, um, how do you plan to destigmatize or demystify the idea of mental health in your home? Thank you, Sherry. Um, this thing about stigmatization is real. And I would like to say that when I was doing my research on have two types of stigma, like the public stigma and the self-stigmatization. So the public is where you get the people now stigmatizing you who has the mental health and the self-stigmatization is where you yourself, you stigmatize yourself. Now, in our male um, a community affecting our male people or our male um, children, you realize that according to research, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention actually rated the, the percentage of male dying for suicide because of depression and mental health as 3.4% higher than the one for women. Now, if you go to the Mental Health America, they report that over 6 million men are affected um, by depression in USA more than women. And you realize that the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, they say that the annual number of men dying or their deaths related to alcohol um, con uh, consumption is higher in men. Like they were saying, it's like 62,000 over 26,000 um, of women. Now, you realize that the, the depression and suicide is ranked higher in our men in terms of deaths than women. Now, why? Um, the reason uh, was because, or I was saying is because number one, our men, and especially let me talk of our community men. Right. You know, they have this macho thing. It's like, I am strong. I mean, I cannot go look for help. And so that, that is one thing. That's one stigma. We bring up our men, showing them that a man should be strong. A man cannot, is not allowed to cry. A man should not be able to tell their feelings, you know, the ego thing of men. Right. So when they get affected by these mental illnesses, then they feel like, oh my God, if I go to look for help, then I am a weakling, mm -hmm. which is not true. If I go to, you know, a therapist, then it shows I'm not man enough. I'm not strong enough. So that is why we have them dying in depression. Now, how do we cap this in our community? I am a young mother. I am bringing in or I'm bringing up three young boys. Right. Now, I want to bring up boys that will be able to, you know, um, talk themselves out, realize they have a problem, not hide it, but yes, no, I have a problem. I can talk it with somebody and I can get over it. Then bring up boys who don't know where to go or just feel like we, we are men and we should not do this. So what am I trying to do? That is the question. Um, but I felt it's good to mention that. So what am I trying to do as a mother? As a mother, the much I am trying to do, and probably a whole lot of people are trying to do it, even in this, is to help build strong relationships and friendship for my boys. Mm. How is that? I am trying to build, as a family, we have a strong relationship. They have friends who, can they, who they can have a good and strong relationships. We try to, uh, I'm trying to bring these boys in a way that they, they be resilient and know 
there is somebody I can go to and trust, you know? And I thank God because um, I have a strong husband. I have a strong father. And yes, boys require a strong male figure to be a mentor to them or somebody they can look up to. There is stuff, Sherry, as a, as, a, as a woman and as a lady, I cannot be able to handle as better as a male or my husband would do. Right. So for these boys, I, 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 and I thank God, my husband is able to interact with them and have that relationship with them. So they know they can go to him and trust him. What about, somebody may be asking me, so Judy, what about those people who don't have a father? Mm -hmm. Now, in a community, we have father figures. We have male that you as somebody you can trust. I can trust this person as a father figure. They can raise my child, especially for those, you know, single parents or, or, or such. There is somebody that you can look up to. Let them have a relationship that they can trust with somebody they can trust. And you yourself can trust because nowadays it's not easy to trust everybody. It's true. Yeah, with all the stuff going on, you got to know who you are letting your kids around. So that is one thing I'm doing. I am trying to build strong relationships for my children. They know that they, they, they have strong relationships with their mom, their friends, their family. They have cousins around here. It's funny that most of their cousins are boys. So, yes, we try to build these strong relationships come together. Now, the other thing is I try to help them develop self-esteem. Mm know who they are and whose they are. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in our community, Sherry, you, you know very well from back in Kenya, we were never used to, to talking ourselves out, being assertive and speaking ourselves out. And we, mo most of our relationships, honestly, with our fathers is, was not as good. You know, or our parents was, was not as good. It was that dictator thing you got, like, you have to do this, no questions. So I am trying as much as I can to help them develop their self-esteem. You know, how do I do that? They feel good about themselves. They love themselves. They get to be proud of who they are. They are boys, yes. They are growing up in a different community with a lot of challenges. But you, you should know who you are. You should be able to stand up for yourself. You should be able to talk out yourself. You know, um, how do I do that? I show them love. As a family, we, we give them love. We know, let them know every day, every minute, every second, I love you. I'll sneak on them, give them a hug. Am I perfect? No. Do I make mistakes? Yes. But can I do the best I can? Of course. Yeah. No. So, um, and I praise my boys. We do that. Every, every Sunday, we have family meetings. We try as much as we can, where we, we, we only talk of the positive things, the good things you did that week. Mm. You know, so that way they, they, get to me oh we praise them we we recognize how they achieved a thing we try so much to do that that way they they build their self-esteem mm -hmm. they are confident about themselves they and you know when even you as a person when somebody appreciates you and when you do something good there is that tendency of i want to do more so that i can get more praises you know what i mean yeah or, yeah. or, or more um 
appreciated more, given more incentives and all that kind of a thing. And even us as human beings, I mean, as grown-ups, as adults, we feel that. When yeah. you go to work and you do something good and somebody just writes a note and gives it to your boss and say, and your boss gives it to you and they say, oh, Judy, we want to recognize you. So-and-so was so happy. You feel good. You go above and beyond. Yeah. So I try to encourage them and to bring up their self-esteem. Now, the other thing I try to do, and let me know if I go beyond time. I don't want to go beyond time. Okay. We still got time. Still got time. Good. I like to hear that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm a, you know, I, I do a lot of public speaking and yeah. I'm an MC, so I talk, talk, talk. Yeah. The other thing is that I listen and respect their feelings mm -hmm. as much as I can. Do I get sometimes when they do something, do I get to be mad? Yes. But then do I go overboard sometimes and they feel like that is it. But then after that, I call myself for a meeting and it's like, Judy, calm down, take a deep breath. You got to learn to listen and to respect their feelings. Then we talk, I, I listen and I ask them, so why did this happen? They will explain it. When you calmed down, talk i will tell you they explain it they tell you and you get to know why they did what they did i respect their feelings sometimes we feel if you, you remember when we were growing up is not like it's like we were never allowed to be mad or sad or angry you're bitten for being mad <laughs> <laughs> if you're bitten and you're not crying you're bitten even more <laughs> I know. Or even you're beaten for everything. Whether you cry, you're beaten. You don't cry, you're beaten. You're beaten yeah. for everything. It's like there's no in-between emotion. Like. <laughs> and so now you realize sometimes you're even beaten for things that was not your fault and you didn't do. But because sometimes our parents were told, oh, this and this and this, or a child, and you know, like me, I was a, was a very good tell on. So my sister would always be the one getting the hooping. Then my mother realized, oops, this is the, the, the bad one, or this is the one in the wrong. Yeah. So I try as much as I can to listen. Because mm. then when you listen, you get to understand why they did that. Right. And, and then we talk. You know, why do you think that happened? And respect their feelings. I let them know it is okay to be angry, but don't let, let that anger lead you to doing something wrong or something extreme. You know, how else do I do that? I keep the line of communication open. Now, you know, even when you are children, Sherry, if you would be punished for telling the truth, you will never tell it. Yes. You'll always tell a lie. <laughs> To get yourself out of trouble. Yeah. So I, as for me, I try to encourage and give incentives on the truth. Mm. And they know, they, they, they know, they can tell you, they know if you tell mommy the truth, the possibilities, she will forgive you, you will talk about it, and you, that will be gone. But if you lie, that's, that's, a, that's a big thing. Yeah. That's a big thing. So we try to talk and uh, have these conversations and let them know it is okay to be angry. It's not a crime. Everybody has feelings. Even mommy gets, you know, that's one thing I don't understand. Our parents used to treat us like they themselves and, and, and not only my own parents, in the whole community, you know, you would talk to your friends and they, they're feeling the same. It's like your mother is getting mad and, um, it's like they don't want you to get mad. Or they're doing things 
and not, they don't get in trouble for them, but you, when you do them, then you get in trouble for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my mom had a, my mom was a teacher. She was a disciplinarian. <laughs> so you knew the number one curfew was like, we were, uh, we were brought up as two, two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. So my sister was the, was the oldest. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing was, Ikifika, six. Mm. If six, you are out of that door. Mm. You sleep where you are. So I would wonder. My mom sometimes would go for these, you know, the the mother akina mama chamas, and she comes at eight, and I'm like, why didn't you sleep where you? <laughs> but you can't ask. Mm-hmm. You can't ask because it's the the, the authoritarian kind of uh, you know, um, parenting. So you are like, mommy, I thought you were supposed to be leading by example, and that was sometimes I felt like it used to suppress even the person's, the, the greatness in us, and you want to know, you want to learn the curiosity in us, and that is why you find that some people just go out of their way and rebel. Mm. So, anyway, um, yeah, we, I try as much as I can to listen and to respect their feelings. When they get angry, I give them time to go we have a safe place. We have a couch where everybody's like, please go to the couch and calm down. No, it's your calm, calm down. After you calm down, you come up here and we can talk. Mm-hmm. And it's for everybody. Even when, when, when like I'm, I'm mad, I'll be saying, mommy, I think you need to go to your safe place, mm-hmm. which, which I feel. Yeah. yeah. Never used to have that. Now, the other thing is that I create a safe and positive home, home environment. And I believe even other parents do the same because we want the best for our children. And as young mothers, young parents who are bringing young kids, we don't have to go through experience to learn. We can learn through other people's experiences. We don't have to go through the same experiences for us to learn. So I try to create a safe environment in the house. Now, sharing. Like we said, when we came from Kenya, it was only my husband and I. We didn't have children. We got these three boys here in America. Are they Kenyan? No. Are they American? Definitely. When even you go to apply for a job or, or, or the papers we fill here in America, they ask you, are you, you, know, are you Caucasian, African-American, Hispanic? There's no way you say a Kenyan-American. Right. No. So they are, we fall in the category of black or African American. Mm-hmm. Now, you know the challenges that the African American male is facing. Absolutely. I am bringing three boys up. Yes. Does that raise uh, my eyebrows? Definitely. Yeah. I am cautious. I am always my antennae are high of what is going on, what happened, and all these things going on around, not only America, but everywhere. Right. You know, the racism, the, the, the fear between the police and the boy child. Yeah. I can't, I cannot close my eyes to that. Right. I have to be on top of it, knowing it, top of the game, teach my boys what they need to know and what they need to do. Of course, I do it depending with their age, age appropriate information. Right. Now, the one thing I've realized, if we don't teach them, they have peers. The peers will teach them. Mm. 
And if you let the peers teach them, they will teach them the wrong thing. So I would rather teach them for myself and teach them what they need to know. They are exposed to social media. If there is a smart generation with social media, it is this one. You can bear me witness. So if we don't teach them, if we don't show them uh, that home is safe for you to come, it's a safe haven. If we don't create this safe haven at home, where are we going to expect them to be? You see, so I am trying to create a safe, a positive home environment. I'm aware of their media, of how they use media and all that stuff. Um, they're, they're, they're boys, they want to play games. They have all these kind of games. And it is so funny, some of them, they teach me, you know? They're smart, they teach me. So <laughs> I also have to have a teachable spirit mother to learn this. Keep thing. up, you know? I have to keep up. Because this is a microwaveable generation. It's moving fast. So yeah. you have to yeah. keep up with the new thing. That is right. And yeah. if we don't learn, Mm -hmm. and get ourselves acclimatized to their life. Right. Um, this social media is going to teach them things that we don't want them to learn. Absolutely. I need to know, I, my husband is very good in media and social media. He pursued that in school. So he's able to, you know, track. We track them with our phone, see what they are watching, what time they have. If it is like time to go to bed, two hours is done on your social media, two hours is gone, everything off internet off is time for something else. So. When we create such a safe, positive, uh, and home environment, how do we also do it? We take care of what we talk about when they are there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you, these kids, I have a nine-year-old, uh, the other one will be eight years in June 28, and an 18-month-old baby trying to be like the big brothers, you know? Yeah. Now, this nine-year-old and eight-year-old, if I may call them so, their ears are open to everything. We, I try, we try as much as possible. Things like if you have any issues with finances, if I have, uh, we have any issues with mommy and daddy can get mad, yes, but we, do, we, do we get to go back and forth with them in their presence? No. Yes, then your mommy and daddy can get mad. We can disagree to agree, but we do it in a mature and more responsible way. We can go handle it later. There, why? When we discuss about illnesses, because why? They'll be hearing and these kids, I'm telling you, they're so smart. They'll be asking questions. And because of their age, they, they worry about everything. Oh, mommy and daddy, they don't have the money for this. Oh, mommy and daddy, they, you know, they're fighting about this. Oh, mommy. No. Safe environment. Whatever you don't want your children to hear, don't expose them to it. Mm. So that way we, we, we create that safe um, environment. We involve the boys a lot in physical activity. I think even if you go to my account, you can see they're either cycling, we are playing, we are going for you know um, swimming. We try to involve them in physical activity. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they have a lot of energy. And especially now, it is so challenging to try and contain them in the house with this COVID thing. Right. It is the most challenging time they, they they are like why can't we meet our friends why can't we go out to the park and play why can't we go all that stuff it yeah. is challenging to them that or already right there is a stressor by itself mm -hmm. they don't want anything on top of what they are going through right now yeah. so we create um we involve them in physical activities play 
family activities. Uh, we, are like, we are kind of a family where we love to go out and do stuff. It has become very challenging right now. Right. because of this corona thing and everything but we we try and create a safe environment are we perfect no do we try definitely and give it our best when we try it the other thing is so i just wanted to say you have like two more minutes left oh on this yeah or, okay so yeah. the other uh let me say that you have also to be a role model take right. care of your mental health so that they can also take care of their mental health you know, and encourage them. We also teach them in difficult uh, situations to solve problems. You know, you know this is the step of fighting and, ki and kicking. No, we teach them better ways of solving problems, uh, discussing issues. And I think there's so much more that I would have gone into, uh, both uh, personal of what we try to do or what we have also done research on how we can be. We do a lot of Google and research of how can we be better parents, especially to boys. Yeah. Thank you. you highlighted so many great points but i think two things that i that stood out to me was the spaces that you've created those like safe we call them safe spaces space, where you yeah. encourage them to express their feelings uh -huh. you listen to them and and acknowledge that they do have feelings that's so important you know yes. um, and doing it at such an early age too because as they grow older it'll be harder to do so and mm -hmm. so that i think is so beautiful and the other thing is that I think as parents, sometimes we don't recognize, well, not me, but from what <laughs> I see as a child, yes. <laughs> when you mentioned the, you know, the curfew thing with your mom is that parents are the first role models for their kids intentionally and unintentionally. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I get a lot of parents are like, you know, come talk to my child and, and, you know, we'll spend like two, three hours, but you spend the majority of the time with your child at home. Mm -hmm. And so there's this Kikuyu proverb that my parents say, <laughs> you know, so, you know, you are the first um, role model, whether it's intentional, unintentional, subconsciously mm. or consciously. Um, mm. and so thanks for highlighting that. And so lastly, if you can just say maybe in one minute, some resources you've used to gain awareness, because you really highlighted some great points. And I think mm. it's important to let other parents know what tools can they use to equip themselves as well. Thank you, Sherry. Um, I would say I'm a wide reader. I read. I read. Uh, right now, I would say I read books. Mm -hmm. And also being, uh, being in the nursing sector, we are exposed to resources. Now, does, does that mean because you're not in the nursing sector, you are in another sector or career, you cannot be exposed to uh, other resources? No. Resources are everywhere. Google, in your community, our surrounding communities, our Kenyan community, everywhere, there are resources for help. Now, number one, develop the need and the desire to know, because if you don't have the desire to know, then you will not know. Right. So for me, um, being in nursing has helped me a great deal, has exposed me a lot. The other thing is that I read, read, and read again when I can. Being a Christian, of course, I, I also go to... Um, uh, involved in church activities and church uh, functions. I got my boys enrolled in church things so that they can also have that perspective of, you know, bring a child to the church and the ways of God and they don't de de depart from them. Now, does that mean that because I'm, I'm a church woman, I do away or I shove away the idea of mental health? No. Uh -uh. 
it is there. We recognize it. We deal with it. We work it. We don't pray it away. Praying is good. I'm, I'm, I told you, I'm a good Christian. I would pray about it, but I would also seek help if I need. Now, there are very nice books, and I'm not advertising them, but I have this book. It's called um, The Five Love Languages of Children. Mm. That This is a wealth. I have read it and read it, and I'm still reading it. Okay, that is one book. I also have, a, being of course a mother of two boys, I would encourage a mother with boys to read this book, The Wonder of Boys. Mm. The Wonder of Boys. It, it will show you a great thing of, you know, uh, how to bring up boys to be responsible people and all that stuff. So I read, read why. Those are the, the ones I'm doing um, right now. The ones, the other ones I have gone, I've taken them back to the library. I go to the library, I research. I do things. The other thing is I, I have joined mom groups. We have like in our community here in Ophala and we have a group of mom with boys. Mm, nice. And we are all integrated. We have both black, uh, Asian, uh, different, you know, even from Africa, from Asia, from India, mom with boys. That way, then you get to know, oh, so I'm not the only one going through this with my child. Yeah. Okay. And okay, I find this as a challenge. So how can, uh, oh, she went through it, you know, this is how she, we can do. These are the resources available. Join a group somewhere. You know, get involved with community stuff. No man is an island. No woman is an island either, you know? Yeah. Get to know the people around, like the community you're bringing up your child. These are the people that will be interacting with your children get to know who your neighbors are. I am a very outgoing person. I will go and talk to people, you know, mm -hmm. try and, and get to know who they are. Right. Know the, the, the children in my, in, in my kids' class. I, I want to know because I want to know what is going on. How can I do things? And when you get to, to get involved in these groups, you get to know resources and how you can get help with different issues. So that is another thing. So I read a lot. Uh, I Google, of course. Google is everybody's friend. Right. Is, it, is it the truth? Sometimes no. But does it give an, a hint of what you can do? I think definitely. You right. know? Uh, I read the Bible. I try to involve them in church activities. And of course, then we talk as a family. So I don't know uh, whether I've answered your question exhaustively. I'm still very conscious of time. Yeah. But I think those are just but a few of the things uh, or resources that I try to do. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I feel like I've learned a lot too, even though I'm not a parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I'm very impressed that you're out there being a parent scholar, if I should say, you know, mm -hmm. just looking up things because it's really important, you know, to... Um, to bring up kids in this generation, especially, where there's a lot of suicide and, and depression and substance abuse. But yeah, thanks for, for joining us, everyone. Thank you.